welcome to the Armchair Strategist, where we meet around the coffee maker every morning and turn anything and everything into a business conversation. Here are the Armchair Strategists, Dr. Kent and Randy. Are we allowed to say fuck on Facebook? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on a second. Maybe we should roll back this live stream and stop stop wearing. But today we're talking about BS. So I think we could we could if, if we're going to the origins of the word BS, it is bullshit most likely, which is excrement from a male bovine. Yeah, and you know, just putting my specs on because sometimes you've got to see where you're standing. <laughs> you don't want to be standing in the BS. Um, some cow some cow pie. In, in Australia, it's uh, there, there used to be a saying. I don't know where they use it anymore, but it was um, throw me a shovel because I'm I got to dig my way out of all the BS around me. You know, we <laughs> we see it all the time, Kent. It's it, it gets thrown around everywhere you look. So today we're going to be talking about that. Kind of a smelly, unpleasant, steamy pile of crap that we don't really want anywhere near us. And yet, everywhere we look in business, people seem to hover around, under, on top of this crap. And I do have to go to the, um, the expert on this topic, which is Wikipedia. Of course, mm. some human behind Wikipedia created this, this great definition in a way, but I like this. In philosophy, in philosophy and psychology of cognition, the term bullshit is sometimes used to specifically refer to statements produced without particular concern of truth, to distinguish from a deliberate manipulative lie intending to subvert the truth. Interesting. So one is disregard of the truth and the other is deliberate. So that's that's really interesting because um, where it's do distinct myths, from lying, yeah, yeah. Uh, is a myth a deliberate distortion of the truth or is it disregarding the truth? Over time, myths develop until they become almost a version of the truth. Almost, I guess. And so we're going to, uh, let's, let's just cut to the chase. Let's break up some myths today. Let's destroy some myths. I um, like that idea. I like popping the balloons. Let's, let's pop Thinking balloons. about, yeah. So uh, which one should we go after first here? I, where, where are the, where are the, where are the metaphorical flies buzzing? <laughs> wow. Uh, there, there's a lot around here. Um, in the expert industry particularly, there's a big one, which is you got to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week to make any money. Yep. What do you think about that one? Do you well, because if you, if, you if you work one hour and you earn five bucks, then if you work 40 hours, you earn 200 bucks. So it's a, it is a fairly linear arithmetic concept. You know, if you, if you work ten, for 10 bucks an hour or 100 bucks an hour, multiply it by hours and you get the the output so that arithmetic sense you know that makes sense well it does but that's that's the maximum output so think about a coach for instance a coach can work with a client for an hour and get paid a hundred bucks 
theoretically, that's a $200,000 a year income, right? Right. But it doesn't work that way because what about the time that that coach has to spend finding new clients or thinking about clients or reviewing the case files? Thinking is the really interesting piece too because what if you are staying up all night thinking about the client? Right. Solving their problems while taking a walk in the woods. So really you're not spending 40 hours a week on client work. You could be spending many of your own unpaid times thinking about it and you're only spending 15 hours on client-facing work. So now 15 hours a week is, what's that? Uh, 15 hours, 100 bucks is 1,500 a week. 75 grand a year. Right. So all of a sudden your pay grade went way down. So we often hear people say, I charge 300 an hour. And the first thought that I have behind that is saying, and how many hours does it take to get that, get to that one $300 hour? And that's something that entrepreneurs aren't often uh, thinking about. So that's, I guess that's our first uh, piece of bullshit, right? So what's a, what's, what's another one? You have to fail. We, we, oh, live yeah. in a, we live in a society where fail fast and fail forward is actually hailed as a great thing. Um, I call BS on that. Uh, yeah. I would much rather succeed than fail. Right. So if you're, a, if you're a, a, one of the um, rodeo cowboys that I loved to watch when I was a kid, terrified that they would be impaled, right? And, and they often were, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, I never saw that happen, which horror. But the, you can't fail as a rodeo cowboy, a rodeo uh, clown, right? Because if you fall on the ground and that, that guy impales you, you're in trouble. Yeah. Just like if you're a surgeon, you can't fail. I was going to, I was going to suggest a surgeon. If you, I, I guarantee if you go to surgery school, that the lecturers are saying to you, uh, they're certainly not saying to you, it's okay to fail. Yeah. It's just well, try to fail. It doesn't matter if the guy dies. So really? the rodeo clown gets impaled, hops in an ambulance. The ambulance driver says, you know, 95% chance we'll make it there in time. Right? You get to the hospital, you're lucky, you're in that percentage. You get on the operating table, and as you're falling asleep, the surgeon cracks a joke to his buddy, and he's like, yeah, you know, about 20% chance this guy's going to make it, and you drift into sleep. Yeah. That's not the world we want to live in. <laughs> That's, no. And, and so entrepreneurs, but, but yeah, entrepreneurs are taught that they need to get out and try something, and it's okay if they fail. It's not okay, guys. Right. That's that's BS. It is not okay to fail. So if it's not okay when, to fail, you, then... When you fail as an entrepreneur, not only do you hurt your family and your own bank account, but you hurt the people who you're renting your building from or renting space from. You hurt right. the people who you can't pay. Failing is not okay. There isn't the fail, and the fail fast thing is interesting. Um, it's almost something that's been propagated by those investors and and so on that that profit if you fail fast right because the one the one unicorn out of 1000 or 1 million businesses will profit so much that they don't mind if the rest fail right right and that's that's exactly how it's a it's a mathematical um, odds basis that investors choose to invest in companies they know that if they invest in 10 one may be a, a big winner 
two may just sort of hobble along and the other seven are going to fail. And the sooner those other seven fail, the less money they have to actually put into the next investment round. So it's, yeah, the investment world is not about success. It's about playing the odds and finding that one that succeeds. So the, the whole so the whole idea of bullshit, given the definition and all of that, it's not just sort of calling bullshit when you're angry and whatever, but it's almost these are the tall tales, these are the myths that we propagate to one another and don't realize it. Fail fast is a terrible thing to tell a young entrepreneur because then they're going to fail and say, what now? I got to start something else and fail again. Mm-hmm. You know, another, you know, other metaphors we can use with those young people is you can, you know, I, I like this one. You can climb Mount Everest, but you're not going to live up there. You're going to climb Mount Everest, come back down, say, wow, that was a great peak. What's my next one? You know, but we're saying fail fast. Well, if you fail on Everest, you're dead. You can't fail if you're doing something really spectacular and great. Anyway, but all these these myths that that we propagate, we tell we tell each other that you can make a fortune as a life coach, but then you see some kind of process where you're making 500 bucks a month. That's not a fortune. So the other myth that comes on the back end of that just do the right Facebook ads and then you'll get there. Well, that's another oh, yeah. myth. Oh, yeah. So, so that, that's a good one, the myth. Yeah, Facebook <laughs> ads. I love it because I think I, we, could, we could go out tomorrow and spend $10,000 on Facebook ads and hit the right market and get lots of people coming through and make a fortune and everybody loves it. We could also spend $10,000 tomorrow selling the wrong product into the wrong market and getting nothing back for it. And the problem with the expert industries today is they go out and they buy advertising in the hope and the expectation that that will solve their problems. And there's a whole lot of, there's a whole industry out there selling to people saying, we've got the success formula for ads that work. Well, Mm -hmm. The ad may work, but if the product sucks, it's not going to make you money. So if someone, if someone gives you a steaming pile of, of um, bovine excrement and says, don't worry, it's, it's edible, and your own intuition says, smells and looks like poop to me, uh, trust your own intuition. And that's something that's another challenge for someone. If, you're, if you are isolated, if you're lonely, if you're an entrepreneur trying to make a go of it, maybe people in your friends and family don't understand you're 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 out there you're doing something on your own and crazy and amazing trust your intuition more than you trust your sort of brainstem so when you're on that sales call when you're on the you someone tells you you need facebook ads or someone tells you you need this or that take the deep breath cool your brainstem sleep on it say you'll think about it Come back the next day, talk to other people play, about it. Do not play out your credit cards. No. Nope. Here's another one. Just keep working at it until you succeed. Try, try, try again, right? When you the only way you can fail is to give up. I call BS. Yep. Giving up is the quickest way to failure, but not giving up can also lead to failure. So if you think about the Roomba, like the little those little mm-hmm. things that zoom around the house, the robots that clean clean floors, the thing wouldn't work 
if it didn't give up. <laughs> it would run into the dog and keep running into the dog or the leg of, a, of the table. What yeah. does it do instead? It has to rethink itself and right. go around the leg or it has to figure out those, you know, and programmers understand that, right? Water understands that. Yeah. So if you're out there trying to sell, um, sell ice cubes to Eskimos, the chances are you're not going to do real well, right? There's, there's really not a market for Eskimos to buy ice cubes. But if you're in a trailer park, you know, down the street from where you are in Texas, could be that they're interested in those ice cubes, big old right. bag ice cubes. Yeah. Absolutely. But if you're trying to sell the wrong product into the wrong market, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you're never going to sell it. You're, you're never going to... You're never going to sell a million-dollar home to somebody that's earning $50,000, as an example. Um, and if you do, and if you do succeed in selling that house to them, they're not going to be happy about it when they get buyer's remorse in a week. Yeah. So keep going and fake it till you make it is, is a business myth. It's not, it's not the norm. Um, be, be confident enough to take the deep breath, the fake it th part is okay because you can, you, that's the, create confidence within yourself, sure. But don't keep butting your head against the thing in front of you until it gives. <laughs> yeah, sooner or later your head's gonna hurt and that big wall ain't gonna fall down. So find a way around it, find solutions. Don't just keep plowing forward, hoping that one day doing the same thing is gonna work. Because it's not you. It's not. So, so I like applying to all of these problems. I like applying um, the way we're taught by our mentors early in life, the people who actually taught us things that mattered. If it was family or friends or school, whatever it might have been, or you know, early failures, you fall and get up. It's that's great. That's a good lesson. We can trust those things a lot more than what we might be hearing in the media or might be coming at us or trends or that kind of thing. So it's almost going back to those intuitions that you developed when you were young. And if you think of what your mentor would say, or you think of what your teacher might say, if you think someone says, you know what, 80% of these people fail, or what, what is the entrepreneurship number? 95% of businesses fail after a certain number of years. How do I not be that? Yeah. One, one of the things, I mean, people always use, um, Every, when you tried, when you first tried to learn how to walk, you failed. This is true, but you were failing at learning a new skill, and you keep practicing and keep trying. And well, that's but it's not really failing, is it? It's so not, it's not failing, failing at all. If, it, if it's a kid who's crawling, we expect that they're going to be. Oh, you bumped yourself. Oh, sorry, you're crying. It's all right. Let's try again later. Yeah. You know, it's. Oh, let's figure out how to in enable that and get there. It's not. It's not go and do, do it again. That's not. It's okay. It's not. I mean, you encourage people to learn the skill, so that doesn't happen. You don't say it's okay to do it because I'll continue doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So if What's we turn this, if we turn this bullshit around and kind of wrap things up in an interesting way, I think shit talking. <laughs> The, the entrepreneur industry and the expert industry is not what we're trying to do. We are 
quite literally obsessed with that industry. It's about, I think we've, we've brought the horizons down. Let's look at the education horizons where every student's going to come through and succeed, theoretically. That's mm -hmm. what we want to go towards. Business, right. we want our team in a business to succeed with whatever task we throw at them. 100% of the time, you know, if they fail, fine. Why don't we have that same standard for ourselves as the executives of our own lives and businesses? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we have been taught to find either reasons or excuses or blame, one of those three, for our own failures. So... All our lives, we've been taught that it's not our fault. And you look at particularly younger people today, nothing is their fault. It's always, it's, and, and I suspect, in, in truth, I suspect the same was, could have been said of me when I was younger. It's not my fault. Ownership of one's own life is what will drive success in business. Mm. So it's kind of weird. You have to own yourself. You have to know who you are. And you have to actually become the person that you would be if your business was already a success because otherwise you're making decisions based on where you are today, which is probably not where you want to be, if that makes any sense at all. You might fail a test as a student or you might fail a task as an employee or even a big assignment or lose a deal or make a big error. But the, the recovery from that is often really endearing to mm -hmm. people around you. If you recover, when the child stands up, everyone cheers, right? Mm -hmm. They fall down and stand back up with a big victory smile, they get a cheer. Remember, do you remember um, Eddie the Eagle? The guy yeah. from Britain who would, he was the- Yeah, Eddie the Eagle with the glasses and the- Oh, he, man. The ski jumper. He was gonna he was gonna ski jump and everybody was terrified he's gonna kill himself, right? Yeah. It's just like, oh no, he's he's doing it again. He did it, he landed the jump. <laughs> and we were all just thrilled, right? Because he yeah. had done it. Even so I think that's like the entrepreneur, right? People will cheer you if you just keep moving forward in the right way. If you learn and and, and it's all about learning the skills. I mean, businesses fail because the owners of the business don't have the skills to run a business. They don't know anything about cash. They don't do accounting. They, they look at their bank balance and run their business based on their bank balance, which is the first sign that the business is going to collapse. They look at their numbers once a year, um, round about this time, which is tax time, and so they have no idea what their business has done. All they know is that they've you know, paid the mortgage. Um, most business people are unprepared for running a business. They, they, don't, they don't have the skills. They don't learn the skills. Nobody tells them what skills they should learn. Nobody tells them basic economics for business or running businesses. It's kind of scary because you've got all these people out there that they are, know what they're doing. They are up shit creek without a paddle. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As we say in Australia, up shit creek in a barbed wire canoe. 
we better we better put a warning on this on this episode. We're already in trouble with the uh, with the uh, authorities, I think. Yeah, they they're coming to get you. I can hear the sirens now. So yeah, yeah. So uh, we we can help. This is the interesting thing. This this discussion we rarely kind of go to this dark place, but the, we're obsessed with this the the solving the problem that the entrepreneur has. And num- number one, cutting through the noise, cutting through the bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, finding the signal through the noise. What is what is it that can actually work? The elegant business solution. And and how how do you scale that from being the coach or the expert that's generating eighty thousand dollars a year in revenue? How do you scale that to eighty thousand dollars a month? And how do you do that without working a hundred hours a week? That's what we like to do. So if anybody out there is in that eighty to hundred thousand dollar revenue range and wants to know how to break out into the $80,000 a month range, give me a call, www.talktorandybaker.com. But it's not about the the money. It's about the impact. About the impact. Yes, yes to the money. But it's about what do you want to do to to change the world. So you can talk to me at talktokent.com if you want. Yeah, and Kent will talk to you about impact and I'll talk to you about money. And between us, we'll find that elegant solution that just destroys and pops all those mythical balloons. I can't remember. Am I yang and you're yin or the other way around? I don't know. I'm just different to you. Nice. Yeah, I won't go go into excrement humor here. Um, That'd be really shitty. (laughs) That'd be really shitty for me. All right, everybody, we're going to stop, stop cursing uh, on tomorrow's, well, on, on the next episode. So we hope you have a great uh, day and don't, don't fuck up. And a fabulous weekend. <laughs> and yeah, go, go and go and enjoy the sun. Go out for a walk. Play Watch with your steps. Dogs. Watch your step. Watch your step. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Armchair Strategists. We'll circle back with you soon.